Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome to Ask Me Anything. I'm Matt Love. I'm here with JD Greer, and I am also here with. Pastor Brian Loritz. Which Welcome, is amazing Brian. because instead of just being me and you, we've got a third wiser voice with us. Exactly. Exactly. Brian, uh, we're really glad you're here and, and glad you're now on staff of the Summit Church here in Raleigh. And so I'm glad we get to get to talk to you. And I think this is probably the first of, of many guest times on Ask Me Anything. You but... like how he just obligates you to that kind of on air? <laughs> if it's many, then we're going to change the name. <laughs> Ask Pastor JD and Brian. <laughs> <laughs> be great. Pastor Brian, as much as I think we'd love to just talk about how excited we are to have you here, we know that we're actually recording this because, man, the last few weeks, just our country has seen a lot go on. We've seen the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and now we've seen in response to those things some protests around the country in different cities. And then alongside those protests, we've seen some looting and, and, and violence and rioting and whatever you would want to call it. And so I think for a lot of us, we're trying to figure out how do we process all of this that's happening right now, not to mention that it's all happening while we're quarantined in our homes during a global right, pandemic. Right. We won't touch that one right now. And so the question for both of you guys today is how should Christians respond? Um, and we're going to say specifically to the protests that are happening right now around the country. Brian, do you want to start? Yeah, I would. I would say two things. One's an immediate, one's a long-term. Uh, I'd say step number one is just bearing one another's burdens, grieving with those who grieve. When Paul writes that in Galatians 6, he says, and thus fulfill the law of Christ. And the law of Christ is loving your neighbor as yourself. So I would relieve yourself of any burden or pressure of having to come up with answers and just being there and in a posture of humility. The second is more of a long-term solution, and I, I think as I look at the Bible, there are three institutions God creates, all for the good of humanity, of what some might call, Andy Crouch calls it, human flourishing. And the first is the family, second is the government, third is the church. I think all three of those, there has to be a full court press in dealing with issues of systemic racism. So Angela Davis, UCLA professor, once said, it's not it's not good enough not to be racist. We have to be anti-racist. And so a healthy spiritual formation of my kids and how I disciple them doesn't just deal with their soteriology, doctrine of salvation. It also gives them a robust anthropology, and that begins in the home. Because I want to release from my home people who bestow dignity on everybody. Secondly is government and making sure we're all invested. And of course, it's a lot more nuanced, but also considering when we go to the voting booth, uh, voting for individuals who are going to address these issues legislatively. And the third is the church, which is why I'm here at, at the Summit Church. I think the real power of the church is twofold. One, God's, God's strategy for dealing with the problem of sin in the New Covenant, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, he says, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to deal with it from the outside in. I'm going to deal with it from the inside out. Take out your heart of stone, give your heart of flesh. And then the church, I mean, just imagine the power of Ahmad Arbery, in a small group with uh, the McMichaels, and they both have been redeemed, and we're getting to know each other. Proximity breeds empathy. 
distance breeds suspicion. So I, I would offer those as kind of two solutions. That's really Matt, good. Matt, you mind if I, Brian, yeah. I'd love, because you shared with me personally, just in walking through some of these, the illustration of Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus, was, I found it really helpful. Right. You know, and that, that first point you were talking about of yeah. not rushing so much to solution and more to empathy. Right. You wanna, yeah. It's, you know, I, I, I grew up in a Baptist church and we did VBS and uh, I would always gather everybody together because you had these Bible verse competitions and I'd First one we're going to is John eleven thirty five, right? Because that's the the shortest one. I didn't see how powerful that is because in context, what Jesus is responding to is the gut wrenching loss that Mary and Martha are experiencing at the death of their brother Lazarus. And really, the first thing Jesus does is he meets them on a very emotive level and laments with them. Jesus wept, and I think that's just a good place for us to start. Even even you told me in the face of Martha saying something that was wrong. Absolutely. I mean, she says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And that is not true. Right. Absolutely. But he didn't say, oh, hey, I got to correct your theology. He just said, he said, let's just weep together yep. for a little bit. And that's I think good. that's, you know, to listen to somebody is the first step of loving them. That's one of the things I, I feel like I've learned in this, in this process. And I think that's a, that's a good word. Yeah, JD, I mean, you can maybe just kind of expound on that, but what would you say? I mean, how would you coach Christians or, or encourage Christians and maybe even specifically white Christians to respond to what we're seeing across the country right now. Yeah, I, I do think there's a time, you know, to, to understand what moment we're in. And I think that's what, what Brian said is so helpful, that there's a time to listen, to, to empathize. Um, you know, there's going to be and should be robust talk about the best solutions. And I'm even okay with certain Christians having different strategies for what the best solutions are. But I think what we can unite on is, man, when one thing happens to a part of the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians, it really happens to all the body of Christ. And I feel like that's 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 the place to start. Yeah. We could probably spend half this podcast quoting, Brian, uh, Brian your books. But one thing <laughs> that you said in Insider Outside that really stuck with me, this is paraphrasing, but sometimes white evangelicals seem to have a PhD in statistics and a third grade education in empathy. And I, I just feel like that's, I think that's the, we don't need to skip ahead to all these other steps and, and, and move past the lament, the empathy, the engaging with, with what moment we're in right now. Yeah. And just, I mean, just to say this, I feel like on, on both sides, if you want to speak of it that way, there's a tendency to start to wed certain things to certain strategies. You know, and to kind of say like, you know, to kind of seamlessly go from one to the other. And I think there's a there's a role that we say, look, Christians can 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 well, they should talk about it, but they may not see eye to eye on this policy is the best. But what they can do is they can say, hey, we are in this together. We love each other. We're united around justice. We're united around gospel compassion. We're united around the unity in the body of Christ. Yeah, if I could, if I could say one more thing in conjunction to that. The thing I've been lamenting, getting back to uh, your original question about protesting, you know, this movement now, I, I was just talking to a group of African-American leaders, and we collectively said the beauty of the civil rights movement is that it was located in the church. Like, they would literally gather in the church, and it was led by professing Christians. That's not the case today. And so I, I think one of the most helpful things the church needs to wrestle with is how do we relocate this movement? back into the church. Well, I got one quick follow-up just on that uh, kind of idea, especially of trying to empathize. And one of the things that's so interesting about how this is all coming about is just the power of social media is playing and what's going on right now. And so I know a question I've been asked or things I've kind of heard is just the question of like, what is a Christian, maybe even specifically white Christians responsibility or how does their role and voice on social media play out? And so like, I know a lot of people, there's hashtags that, that people are using or different things they're posting on certain days. And how would you guys coach 
coach people to think about even using social media to empathize or to be a part of what's going on right now? Well, I want to make myself look like an incredible jerk, but this is a true story. (laughs) This is about 18 months into marriage. My wife and I, um, well, she gave birth to our first, uh, our first son. A couple days after that, I see her just breaking down crying. And she literally says, I, I can't do this. And I kind of froze. And I said, I'm going to go play golf. I'll be back. <laughs> and that gets the idiot of the year for the husband. <laughs> but there's some parallels there. You know, um, I think in that moment, what I should have done, even though I didn't have the answers, because I got paralyzed by I don't know how to fix this. I should have made myself available. And so, you know, what you tweet out, what you put on social media, I I think the essence of it should be, we're just with you. And you don't have to say much more than that. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. The only, I think that's, that's fantastic. The only thing I would add in that is we recognize that there's a role for social media. There's also limits to it. And personal conversations are always going to go a lot Mm -hmm. deeper and it's easy just to kind of, you know, jump on and and say things. I think the role of social media expressing, as Brian says, solidarity on a practical level. I'm I'm usually a little bit hesitant to you know jump onto whatever hashtag or whatever thing because a lot of times those things get hijacked into going beyond what the church ought to be you know known for. I, I you know I realize that the church's bandwidth when it comes to various issues is we're neither called nor competent as a church in getting into certain things. Now, Christians need to be doing that, but we also recognize that, um, you know, we can be clear about the issues of justice and what the gospel requires without getting beyond, to go back to Brian, to your thing, you know, into the spheres that God has appointed for other things. It doesn't mean we don't speak into it. It doesn't mean we don't have influence, and Christians certainly ought to be engaged in those spheres, but I just, I'm a little hesitant to say, I'm going to jump on everything because a lot of things get attached to that. I prefer on social media to express my own you know, viewpoints of, of through the gospel, then just, uh, you know, kind of tag everything and realize that, man, you know, in, in a moment with, with, with social media, I'm trying to lead people into greater gospel understanding and not just jump onto the, whatever the world's saying at the moment. That's so, good. I don't That's know, really Brian, you gotta, just real quick, I just, I know we're running out of time here, but anything that you would, you know, add to that or, or, or clarify with that? How does, how do you hear that? No, I, I think it's, it's important, you know, um, you want to be discerning uh, about what you retweet, what you say. Um, the general rule of thumb is if you type it and there's a pause, <laughs> you probably shouldn't press send. So That's good. Um, well, that's really helpful. Thank you guys both for, for answering that and helping us process through that. Um, and thank you guys all for listening. If you don't already subscribe to Ask Me Anything, go ahead and do that. We just want you to be able to get those episodes as soon as they come out. And let's all be honest. I never listen to a podcast regularly if I don't subscribe to it. So. Exactly right. We're probably not <laughs> sifting through. So just go and subscribe so you don't miss any more. Um, and if you want to leave us a review, that would be awesome as well. And if you want anything else from JD, um, you can get more resources at jdgreer.com. And you can also follow JD on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we will see you guys next time on Ask Me Anything. Thank you.